Welcome to the God of My Closet podcast, where we explore life and light of the love who embraces all of our skeletons. I'm your host, Ben DeLong, author of There's a God in My Closet. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today, for whatever reason that may be. Maybe you thought that podcast title was interesting. Maybe somebody referred you. Maybe you know me and you're just doing me a big favor. <laughs> whatever uh, reason that is, just thanks so much for for listening. This is my first podcast ever, first episode ever, and um, I just wanted to kind of lay the groundwork for how the podcast will go, kind of explain where this is coming from and, and why I'm doing this podcast. Well, I just, uh, I recently published a book um, called There's a God in My Closet, Encountering the Love Who Embraces Our Skeletons. And I was just so fortunate and so grateful that um, Brad Jerzak also wrote the foreword for the book. And if you don't know of Brad, he is just, he is one of my favorite authors, uh, favorite speakers. I love his spirit, love what he um, offers people. Just check him out if you haven't checked him out yet. I'm so grateful for that. Um, but yeah, I recently published that book uh, through Resource Publications, um, and they're an imprint of Wiffenstock Publishers. Um, but I wanted this podcast to be um, kind of a, a resource to go along with that, but also just to explore that metaphor of the God in my closet, explore that metaphor a little deeper and um, have interviews with people um, on different topics, maybe that were in the book and going um, to them on a deeper level. Maybe they weren't in the book, but they um, can help us dive deeper into that metaphor. And so that's kind of um, why we're here. And, um, you know, I, I wrote this book because it came out of um, just significant spiritual healing in my life. And so I wanted to share that with people and um, hopefully... Um, Maybe it would be something that would help them on their journey as well. Uh, maybe um, give them some hope or some insight or point them in a, in a good direction. And, um, and so I wanted to share that with people. And that's what I want to do here as well, is just share that um, those avenues for spiritual healing with people. And maybe it would just be um, an avenue for people to experience and... and um, know that they are accepted just as they are by God, skeletons and all, that they are accepted unconditionally. And I, I think to get to that place, <clears throat> that we um, have to intentionally practice vulnerability. And so this first episode, as I'm kind of laying the groundwork for this podcast, I just want to share some of my story and how I got to be where I am and my journey. So that's what I'm going to do here. Well, I grew up in the Midwest in the flatlands of Iowa. And um, I, I've lived in California for seven years now. And, and even though I love the landscape and the mountains that are out here, I still sometimes miss that flat scenery. I don't know why. It's just, it's just comforting to me. Um, but that's where I grew up in Iowa. And my dad was a pastor there all of my years growing up. And um, during my years there, he pastored three different churches. Um, but unfortunately, our church environments that we went to, um, both the, the local individual churches as well as the, the larger denominational community, 
a lot of times they could be very dysfunctional and, and legalistic. And that, that brought a lot of stress um, both to my dad and to um, our whole family. And um, the way I often put it to people is that most of my, my deepest scars have come directly or indirectly from church life. And uh, I'm sorry if that sounds like I'm being a downer, but I'm just being, you know, just being honest with what, um, what I've gone through. Well, on top of that, my family historically has not handled stress that well. Um, we can get pretty irritable and grumpy with each other. And when we're kids, so a lot of times we don't get that that kind of stuff isn't about us. You know, we, we see our parents being grumpy and irritable or short with each other or short with us, and, and we take it to heart. We think it's a reflection on us. And a lot of that comes, as I've learned, is because kids, kids need an idealized image of their parents as, as almost perfect. Um, be, like, that's the foundation that their life is on. And so when they see their parents not living up to that image, um, the kids, rather than give up that image of the idealized parents, the kids say, well, it's my fault. It's my fault that they're acting like this because my parents are perfect. And so um, I've realized um, through help from others and therapists and everything that that's what I did as a kid, that I took a lot of that in and, and that, that ended up producing a lot of shame in me. Um. So I, I had a lot of shame from those experiences and the evangelical gospel um, in which I grew up in. It was there to confirm all those things about me that I believed. That, that I was just a dirty, rotten sinner. That I was bad. That there was something wrong with me. And on top of that, it taught us that God can't stand, can't stand to look at us. Like He can't look on sin. And if we're sinners, well then, He can't stand to look at us either. Now, of course, when we're kids, when we're younger, we don't understand the intricacies of, of all this kind of stuff. We don't, we don't know what's really going on. We're just, we're just kind of getting through life. And, and so I, you know, I grew up and, you know, like everybody developed some defense mechanisms and coping mechanisms to get through life. But I grew up and I, I found this amazing woman and we got married and I had this subconscious motivation, didn't, you know, I didn't realize that this, this at the time, but this, this motivation that, well, if I find this wonderful and beautiful woman to love me and to accept me, well, then maybe that'll fix me. And, um, and that's just not how it works because as, as much as we can find healing in significant relationships with others. Um, no one can be everything to us. No, no one can can bring that healing to us on their own. Um, and I didn't know any of this is what's going on, but there was a lot of pain inside of me, and I ended up getting caught in pornography, not realizing at the time that that it was my way of avoiding my fear of rejection. And so I was feeling like crap about myself. It seemed like no matter what I did, whether I tried to be the good religious kid or whether I failed miserably, it just seemed like God was always going to be angry with me. Well, about that time, um, my sisters, they were pestering me about attending this spiritual formation seminar that had been really helpful to them. It's a seminar out of the Kansas City area called Breakthrough. And honestly, it has been the catalyst for most of my spiritual journey over the last 10 years or so. Because in that environment, I experienced love 
like I never had before, just in this bigger and freer way, just being caught up in something bigger that was benevolent and that loved and accepted me. But the crazy and sad part was that I just naturally assumed that this love could not mix with my faith because my faith was all about a God who was hateful and vengeful. I just assumed that they were at odds with each other and that I would have to pick one or the other. And so that was a dilemma that I then faced. I could either follow this love or I could stick with the hateful God I had come to believe in. So one night as I was delivering pizza, I made my decision. I told the God I'd come to believe in, I told him that I couldn't follow him anymore. That if he was this hateful deity that I had come to see him as, that I, I was done with him. I just couldn't do it anymore. And in that moment, in that moment, I thought I was giving up my faith. I sincerely believed I was becoming an atheist. But something incredibly remarkable happened in that moment. It's something life-altering, really. The presence of God, it, it broke in, and, and God met me there. And he affirmed to me, he said, that love that you experienced, that's really who I am. And it was, it was an amazing experience. It was life-altering. But it sent me on another journey, because if I was going to follow this love as my faith, I would need, I would need a better way to understand the gospel. Now, of course, change doesn't happen overnight. I had been embedded in an unhealthy gospel for most of my life, and it takes many times and avenues to start to break free from that. Later, uh, my wife and I, we went to marriage counseling because our marriage was struggling, and, and our therapist communicated to me that, that my part in, in the struggle in our marriage was largely due to the fact that I didn't know in my soul that God loved me. And it was there that I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and I later came to see that that my dysfunctional faith that I had, that it was, it was causing a lot of my depression and anxiety. Well, fortunately, major healing came a few years later when I, began, when I began to see my spiritual director. He instructed me that the sin in our lives, the things that we're ashamed of, the dysfunctional behaviors that we have, that those are not things to be buried and ignored, but rather they're to be examined with God because it can lead us to our core demons. It can lead us to what's really going on, the core problem. As Richard Rohr puts it, he says, don't get rid of your sin before you learn what it has to teach you. Now, at that time, this was the last thing I wanted to do, because my sin was what I believed made God hate me. It, it's what made me unlovable, as far as I saw it. But my spiritual director encouraged me and challenged me he said, you need to face it, knowing that God only wants to bring good out of it. So I began sitting with God in my mess and in my crap and facing my skeletons with him, the things I thought that made me unlovable. And what I discovered there was that God's love reached even in those places, really, especially in those places. And as I've had subsequent experiences similar to that, I've come to believe that there is nothing, there's nothing more healing than experiencing love in the places where we fear make us unlovable. 
Through this, I was able to see so many of the lies that I had been living in. Probably the most prominent one that I was, was that I was bad. I was inherently bad. And I still have to remind myself not to live in those lies. But now I can do it knowing that God loves me even in those places. I really believe that so much pain and suffering in our world that it stems from people not truly knowing that they are unconditionally accepted just as they are skeletons and all. And I I am hoping that this podcast would just be a a small step in, in helping people get to that place. Just as so many others, so many podcasts, so many relationships, my spiritual director, so many good friends have helped me to get to that place. And I'm still still working on it, but I have hope now because I know God loves me there. So I, I hope that you will join me for upcoming episodes in this podcast. I have some guests that I'm really excited about and, and that I really believe can help us on this journey. But for now, may I just leave you with this. May you know that nothing absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And may you know that you are in him and he is in you.